Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the True To You podcast. When I met today's guest, Sarah Spence, I thought, wow, this woman is a real doer. And I'm actually really grateful for connecting with Sarah a little over a year ago because when we moved into state from Melbourne to Newcastle, in uh, November 2018, I had to completely start from scratch with my network and my community. And she was one of the first people that I networked with uh, in that time. Now, uh, the reason why I think of Sarah as a real doer is because something funny that she said in our interview is that when she thinks of her hobbies, She thinks of her two side hustles. She wouldn't have it any other way. And they are the other loves of her life, apart from her beautiful boy and, of course, her partner. Sarah is the owner of a small business called Kate & Cole. She is also the art director for a local creative agency. And in 2018, she started something called the Fee Collective. Fee was created because Sarah had a belief that we can all gain so much from having conversations with other small business owners, in particular other women in business. And the reason why is that she noticed in her own life and her own conversations that women have similar motives when it comes to starting a business. Oftentimes it's the creative freedom that they want or the financial independence, uh, the uncapped income potential that they might have by starting out on their own. And they're also looking to have an income source that they can balance with family life so that they're able to maintain a career and raise a family at the same time with a little more freedom in there. And what she noticed is that with all of these women she was speaking to, the journey was very much the same. So Fee Collective was born and Fee is a wonderful space to network, share experiences, help each other and say things out aloud even when they feel super terrifying. Now, I just want to let you know that we have a special guest, an additional guest in this interview. Yes, it's Sarah's little baby boy, Harry. So he's only four months old and uh, she was with him for this interview, which I think is super uh, cool because she is a mama and, you know, sometimes that's how it has to be. So I really appreciate you listening and taking on board Sarah's insights and her wonderful thoughts and advice on uh, starting business, starting a side hustle, getting really clear on your brand and all of those great things that she is a real master at, including juggling a little boy in her arm. Here we go then, episode 33, not 34, like I said earlier, of the True To You podcast. Enjoy. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this.
welcome Sarah to the Trudy podcast and to your little man as well. Yeah, you might hear some extra little bits of input. Yeah, we've got a little uh, trio happening for today's podcast. So if you hear a little murmur in the background, uh, that is Sarah's little boy. So welcome to both of you. <laughs> 16 weeks old today, so happy birthday. <laughs> So the first question that I love to ask everyone because I think uh, everyone's answer is so different, uh, whether I'm interviewing mamas or women in corporate or whatever their background right, might be, there's always something uh, unique about this. So I would love to know from you, and I can probably have a little <laughs> prediction on your answer, what gets you out of bed in the morning yeah. at the moment. Well, the, the, physical, the physical dragging of bed is the sort of one. He literally gets me out of bed very early in the morning. Um, but the, I guess the emotive um, answer is that my little, little business and um, basically, yeah, anything that's a bit of a challenge or a bit of a problem that needs to be solved, um, anything that is creative thinking, that is kind of what gets me gets me going and makes me really happy. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's definitely the combination of of Harry and then also keeping Kate and Cole ticking over while I'm on maternity leave. Um, on leave from my uh, full time job at Headjam. So those two things at the moment are keeping me keeping me very busy, especially yes. the few weeks leading up to Christmas. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> And you have something else also that we'll touch on a little bit later, that, that a community that you've built in the last year too. <laughs> so uh, Sarah likes to keep her hands um, full, shall we say. <laughs> and in talking about your career and the point at which you're at now, you've moved into motherhood in the last uh, few months. What, what has your career journey been like uh, what did you study? Where are you from? You can probably detect a little accent as well. And funnily enough, Sarah and I didn't know each other, <laughs> even though we're both Kiwis, but you know, uh, there is a chance. <laughs> so where are you living and working and, and what's your career journey been? Yeah, so I moved, I moved over to Australia to study. So that was the the main reason I ended up in Australia, so I wanted to do uh, a Bachelor of Design through the College of Fine Arts in Sydney, which is then called COFA, it's now called something else. Um, and so yeah, that was my, my big plan after school was to come over to Sydney and sort of do the big the big city thing. I was from a pretty, hmm, right. um, pretty little town in New Zealand, so I kind of wanted to, to, kind of wanted to leave there. Um, so yeah, I got to Sydney and I studied for four years and I actually studied, I, I was really leaning towards object design. It's like my kind of career pathway. I loved like the tangible object and the 3D sort of experience and anything really experience. Like that's what I was obsessed with, like packaging and, and what happens when you walk into a space and that was kind of where I saw myself going. Whenever I designed anything that had an object, I always designed the the journey as well. So um, when we designed this chair that we had to make, um, I also did the packaging and the instruction booklet and I loved that kind of story narrative that gets, like, goes with things. Um, but obviously also studied graphic design and when like I finished uni, I was like right in the thick of the GFC 
and I ended up getting a job in graphic design. There wasn't a lot of kind of padded jobs, I guess, like the more, I guess, leaning towards the art side. Um, so yeah, I started off in graphic design and that's kind of where my career sort of took me and that was sort of what I, I saw it as a job and I really did see it as a job, not necessarily as my career, I think. Um, and I sort of was in that space where I wasn't sure where I wanted to go and kind of had one foot out the door and I probably wasn't the best employee because of, because of that. Um, so yeah, that mental shift, I guess I sort of accepted that this was going to be the path that I was going to go down. So ended up studying graphic design, uh, working in graphic design after studying and worked in that job for five years. So I was actually with the university in the marketing department and I had an awesome, awesome boss and awesome senior designer who I learned a heap from. Then went travelling, came back, um, landed in Newcastle and that's where I basically took what had been a little side project, a design studio called W, um, which was like homewares and a little bit of jewellery funnily enough, um, but mostly homewares um, and I did renew Newcastle so I got this incredible space, I actually set it up as a part gallery with my partner's mum and she ran the gallery and I ran like the design store. And that's where I met my now bosses, Sarah and Luke. So they came into the store and sort of met me and that kind of became like my resume, I guess, the this, this store, which was just like my brain. Um, and so that's how I got the job at Gem. And then I've been at Gem now about six years and that, that like design sort of starting point really like led me into more of a um, sort of advertising brain side. And so now actually work as an art director. So I did award school in Sydney a couple of years ago and moved from yeah, more graphic designer into the art direction role. And so that's like my career, but job. And then on the side is all the other little things that I like to do. So that includes Kate and Cole, which is my now jewelry studio, which I run with my friend Maddie. Um, and Feed Collective. The Feed Collective is kind of my solution to all of the problems that I had <laughs> which was that I often found that I was in like a business world not really having a business brain um, and that I didn't have enough people to talk to about what I was kind of going through um, so I was like oh well, I'll just make friends and make them come along and we'll talk <laughs> um, which is sort of something similar that I did when I had W no one could find our shop so instead of me paying for advertising for people to find my shop. I went around and talked to a whole lot of businesses and made this little map. <laughs> so we all distributed and all paid for it collectively. So I was one of the businesses on there. But that was kind of my roundabout solution to a problem. So I think I, yeah, I guess I'm just <laughs> tight with money. <laughs> but basically, yeah, if I, if I can't find something, I tend to make it rather than, I guess, think of, it, think of something else to do it. Yes, yes, um, and I think what what stands out for me both in, in you sharing your journey which you've also shared with us very openly at the Feed Collective is that I notice you're someone that as soon as you see an idea and this is probably your designer mind that you want to find a solution for it or you want to be the one that creates the solution you're not afraid to put up your hand and say 
I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this. It's not gonna be perfect yeah. straight up, yeah. but let's have a go. Would you say that you've got a bit of a risk taker mindset, or do you think you're just brave in general? I, yeah, when, you, when I read that question, yeah. I was like, oh man, I would say I'm risk averse. Which is yeah. like, maybe that just shows how um, naive I really am. Because yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't call myself like if you're like writing down a list of like streaks or whatever. I wouldn't say that brave or or yeah, risk taker is is one of those. I think that if I have fallen down in the past, I've just landed fine. Mm. Like I don't think I've really had, and I never, I never put um, more than I can lose on the line. I yep. guess like. Even when Maddie and I started Kate and Cole, we both put in $500 because that's what we were happy to lose. And if we, and then from there, we only just grew it with profit. So we never, we never kind of, you know, we didn't go out and go to Shark Tank and get like investors or, or take a loan out or anything like that. It was like, whatever we were happy to lose, we were happy to put in. And I think that's the same with Fee Collective, like I sold memberships to cover the cost of the chairs. So if we were stuck with 100 chairs, like that was the worst that was kind of going to happen. So... I don't think I'm brave at all. I just don't think that I've ever really crash landed to the point where I haven't been able to come back. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. And I think I think that's the beauty of being a creative person as well is that you take the constraints that you have and you're able to not uh, not see those as a negative, but see that as a positive. How can we make something with what we have? Yes. business and accepted that's that's the skill set that goes with that business but anything that you've done and perhaps even in your personal life oh, that's how you navigate okay. well, that's my, <laughs> my whole if you even looked at it on the most like like drawn back scale like my my idea from when I was very young was that I wanted to work from home as a mum so I wanted to have a family and so I was like how can I spend as much time with my family but also you know be financially independent so that was my brief. Like mm. when I went to uni, it was mm. like, right, how am I going to get to the point where I can, yeah, comfortably like leave the life that I want to leave, but also be at home with my kids. So I guess that was my my brief. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit deeper then about Kate and Cole, which I know uh, is a big passion of yours. That brand. Uh, every time you talk about it there's so many stories that come <laughs> through starting that and I think that's an example of being brave and entering an industry that uh, you have some knowledge of through object design but uh, there's all sorts of different ways to approach jewellery these days yeah. and one thing I noticed on your website that I absolutely love I'm not sure who did your copywriting for this <laughs> But you called yourselves, you and Maddie, a creative glitter storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and <laughs> this idea was really born over, I think you mentioned that your partners were watching rugby yeah. and you two were bored yeah. and drinking wine. And so you were like, hey, yeah. you know, what's something that we can create out of this uh, situation? Yeah. 
I think we did. <laughs> we did an interview once and we talked about the fact that we were had been drinking and I think that rang with the headline drunken dreams yes. or something like that. I was like, oh god, it wasn't that bad, but there was definitely wine involved and yeah, the boys were watching sport and we we were just sitting there and yeah, it all kind of well, it, it came about because I discovered this 3D printer mm. online and basically I was like, print your own jewellery and I was like, what? And I'd done 3D printing at uni, so mm. my final project was a 3D printed um, water bottle, so I kind of had known about 3D printing but was sort of waiting for the technology to get to mm. where I thought it needed to go. And yeah, so I found this, found this company online and just sent off a little design that I made in a, like a 3D program that I used. And yeah, I remember getting it back and messaging Maddie, I'm like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> no one's onto this. Like, we're... And then I found out that it was like very common practice and like lots of people do it. And it's, there's a real traditional jewellery world out there, mm. which I'm now part of by, not necessarily by um, any skill set that I have, but just because um, I had the same questions that traditional jewellers have. Um, and they are just like, some of them are so anti-cad and so like, it's just this absolute, um, yeah, it's like, you're just doing the absolute wrong thing by not traditionally making jewellery. So I have to be kind of careful who I talk to. And um, yeah, it's definitely two worlds. What would you say, apart from the fact that you 3D print your uh, jewellery, what would you say is the thing that, that you saw for Kate and Cole that could set you apart in this market? Yeah, I think like micro mass production, like I think that's, and I don't know, I'm sure that's a term that exists, but that's kind of how I wrap my head around it, is that we design a piece and we can make one, and that's fine, or we could make 100,000, and there's not really any difference. Like, it's mm. not like we have to be making thousands of units for, you know, and then have to move all of those. We, we don't have to go on sale if we don't want to because we don't hold any stock. So it's made to order, but it's fast. Um, well, fast enough, like fast enough for, like, modern consumers. Um, but yeah, we can try out things and we can never sell a unit, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, so it's a really freeing process because you don't have to think, are oh, we going to have boxes of these left over? So I like that it's kind of, it's sustainable in a not very sustainable space. Like, it's, our footprint is, you know, we have packaging, we post things. Like, my career company came back with this insane stat that, like, last year they drove to Pluto and back with, with deliveries, which just is like <laughs> crazy. But so yeah, we're not we're not carbon neutral yet. We're not like we're not um we still are having an impact but at least it's measured and controlled mm. in some ways. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was that one of your uh, shared values going into starting the business? Yeah, um yeah definitely. So we again with that sort of risk aversion I guess like we didn't want to we didn't want to get stuck with stock and that really drove like that kind of mentality but I'd study sustainable practices at uni and um, Maddie's a few years younger than me so her brain is thinking about like what the implications for mm. like, her future look like mm. so even I think my I don't know if Maddie and I are the same generation I'm guessing we are but I don't know there's even my friends we think slightly differently than like five years below us. So definitely, yeah. it was definitely more of her kind of, um, like mine is more of a learned concern where hers is more of a grain concern. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally, and probably us learning because it's literally happening in yeah. front of our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to yeah. react more than, um, yeah. more than anything. Okay, so 
You've started Kate and Cole with one of your really good friends. Uh, I would love to know what it's like to collaborate with a friend in a business sense and how you've been able to navigate maintaining a friendship but also running a business and making a profit making sure that you're both putting in equal effort that you're on the same page all of those things do you have any tips for anyone that might be considering that as an option yeah so i think like Maddie and i are really lucky with how we like that we knew each other previously so we sort of i guess had a gauge on on how each other like behaved um, and we have been really like tried to be incredibly transparent with each other um, about what our expectations are and and what we wanted to get out of the business like and how we sort of treated it was that it was a side project for both of us we both have job, other jobs um, and so anything that we kind of achieved was a bit of a bonus and we just we just keep touching base we have like I guess like our little sort of I always say little, I always downplay stuff, I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we have like annual meetings where we talk about like what our financial goals are and where we want to sort of be and what we want to achieve over the next 12 months and, and that includes like what our salary like taking is and, and then how we sort of split the workload and at the moment because of the way that I guess it's kind of um, tracked is that I basically take care of most of the design and manufacturing and that, that's the bulk of the time. Um, and sort of Maddie then sort of brings the gold with social media and, and marketing and kind of getting us out there. Um, so we have quite, you know, they're not frank conversations, they're just incredibly honest and real and we sort of, you know, talk about what our split of the workload is and then how that translates into, yeah, I guess the financial outcome. And if you couldn't have those questions or if you found those, those, those conversations uncomfortable, then I reckon that would be a massive red flag and you have to really um, have more, I guess, um, um, like stricter things in place to make sure that it didn't get out of hand. But so far we haven't we haven't had any problems. So Great, yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah, those, and it's like having that conversation with your partner or a family member, you've got to, it's, it's business, but also those can be some of the hardest conversations Absolutely. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You've got to be honest and got to be and like sensitive to what the other person's going through because you haven't neither of you've done it before. Well, in our case, we haven't. Yeah. So it really is just a journey that you're on together, making sure that you know each other's happy is, is a big part of that. Have you found collaboration to be a really effective way to move quickly and get this project off the ground? If you were doing this on your own, do you think it would have been a different story? Yeah, I think it probably would have probably would have fallen over um, by now. <laughs> to be honest, like I, my brain works quite quickly, and I get excited and inspired by lots of things. But that's not always a positive thing. So. Maddie's amazing strength is always bringing me back to brand, like making yeah. sure that we're on the on the path that we set out. Because otherwise, I just yeah, yeah I'd tangent. I'd be on I'd be on tangents. So yeah, it's it's invaluable. Couldn't couldn't do it without her. Do you think that uh, because something I've I've always admired? I mostly started following you initially through Fee Collective, but yeah. then seeing what you do with Kate and Cole. Yeah. I feel like Fee Collective, I don't know if that's your own uh, creative genius, but yeah. you do have really strong brain clarity. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so is that something that, that you think comes naturally to you having a design background?
Yeah, uh, so yeah, if you, I guess W, like W doesn't exist anymore, but W was very much my, my brain and fee is probably more aligned with that. Like it's, and then Caden Coles are much more, <laughs> it's much more me, like the, the refineness and the kind of more, like fashion palette. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely more Mads. Um, whereas I definitely kind of, and I think that's also where maybe I've enjoyed fee, like it has been where I can have a bit more fun and maybe not take things quite so seriously. Um, not that I think we take Cold too seriously, but we almost are trying to, we are like creating an aesthetic and um, that's a little bit less forgiving, whereas with V, I can kind of, you know, say silly things and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe, yeah, just be a bit more reactive. And, um, yeah, so I, I mean, obviously with my job at Jam, I, I create brands for people every day, so, and I always am really holistic in my approach to what, what a brand is. So I think that that is something that comes quite easily to me. And, and I also really enjoy it. I love kind of coming up with personalities and personas for, for like, I guess, companies. So. Yeah. 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 Do you see that as something that makes a, a company successful or if you relate it to your experience with Fee and being able to grow that... Uh, networking event and that group which could just be like any old networking event in Newcastle but you obviously had an idea in mind of the sort of people you wanted to attract uh, the type of businesses that they were either running or that they aspired to be running yeah I think um, I think there's a couple of things there I think that people people buy into your brand and if you're saying the things that you know they react to or they respond to then they're more likely to invest um, I mean that in a more emotional sense than um, I'm handing over money but <laughs> um, and then it's the same like with your brand voice if your brand voice is jumping all over the place to you um, don't necessarily like you, you, it's natural to kind of be like I'm not sure these people know what they're talking about or or that they don't have necessarily a uh, a detailed like a plan of what they're what they're sort of doing. So I think when people see that there's a strong um, brand voice, then they are more likely to kind of get on board and, and take notice because they believe in what people are saying. So with V, I think that um, it really was about you know making sure that we got people that connected with that content because then they would be they would be similar. I think the other thing with all of the pretty incredible like tools out there for generating content um, to actually do like make content that is unique is um, is a little bit harder like to stand out from sort of the generic um, kind of like I guess tools that you can use um, that are out there so if you can do something that's a little bit I guess more creative because it is becoming so easy for people to create their own content then it does stand out so yeah I guess that's important and I think that that can really help help someone succeed and if they put value in that then I I think it does come back to them so yeah Yeah. that's so interesting I could talk to you for days on that aspect (laughs) because I love content creation myself it's something that uh, being a creative but now in coaching coming from a design background it was really important to me that I was able to use some of those strengths in whatever I do moving forward. Do you think that you're very clear also on what your strengths are and so it's meant that you're able to amplify those strengths in the different 
businesses, environments that you've yeah. found gigs because I know that uh, a lot of the women I work with are full-time in their jobs but then they're potentially starting a side hustle or they're a stay-at-home mum and then they're looking to create something on the side to either build into a business or fulfill a desire creative desire to do something different now that they have maybe not exactly this the space that they need but their priorities and their values have changed and so they really want to get something off the ground how have you been able to manage all these things and now you're a mama as well (laughs) what's that been like um it is definitely challenging i think you have to like the way that i think about it is i think i think of my business as my hobby like if somebody said, "What's your hobbies?" I'm not. I don't. You know, I don't love knitting. I don't. I'm not an avid chef. Like I, my my hobby is my business, and that is that I, I love working on my business. So I think if you didn't love it, like love the the doing, then you would have to then somehow find the space to do it somewhere else because you wouldn't be getting the fulfillment from your hobby. Like you mm. still need to go out to biking more. But for me, it is my time out. Like it is what my brain is doing every time. It's not, not doing something else. So it just, I think it is just for me the fact that like B and Kate and Cole are my everything else. They're every little space other than whatever task I'm doing in that moment. And I think the challenge with Harry has been that he is. He has to have my undivided attention, and I don't ever do that Like I've never, no one task has ever had my undivided attention. So that is definitely something that I'm learning. And and he is like he's he's everything. I just friggin' adore him. Um, but it is it is a new way of thinking, and it is sometimes a little bit overwhelming. But yeah, yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> um, and my final question. <laughs> How are you finding question? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, the one thing that actually brought you and I together, and I am so uh, grateful for you because I was very new to Newcastle, even though I had lived here previously, <laughs> but it was a whole lifetime ago and I was a completely different pe- person. <laughs> and you weren't here then either. Oh. So uh, 
it's your, it's the Fee Collective, which is the community that you've created and based around uh, bi-monthly ne networking, relationship building, whatever term you want to put on that. Yeah. I know some people think networking is a bit old and outdated, but essentially that's what you're doing. And yeah. it's been uh, incredible for me personally. I'm so grateful that you created it, so grateful that we got the opportunity to collaborate on one of the talks yeah. um, but I would love to for you to share with us what Fee Collective is uh, you shared a little bit earlier why you created it but what's your plans with this and how would you love to see it expand in 2020 yeah, uh, yeah what do you see for Fee Collective this year and, and I guess why is community an asset to you in your life and yeah. even your business too. So, <laughs> yes, I wanted to create a space where where women who got women could talk and and problem solve together. So I wanted I wanted to go and I wanted to chat through the struggles that I was having with someone who got when I was saying like oh you know we haven't we haven't sold that many necklaces this this month. They understood that that meant crap. That might mean that I. You know, can't take the salary that I need to mean, which maybe means that I need to think about going back to work, which maybe means that, you know, I won't be able to be at home with my kid. Like everything is weighted and everything has layers behind it. And I just wanted to have those conversations with people that got it um, and got that it, it, you know, there was always a repercussion or a bigger, bigger reason behind something than what you were just saying out loud, I guess. We're doing like a little networking, um, like speed dating night. We'll do that in like the next few months. And it's just about people like saying, this is who I am and this is what I can do. Because I think we're really bad at doing that sometimes. Yes. Um, you know, it sometimes takes people, you know, six or seven meetings for people to, you know, find out that you have a certain skill set. And that's, that's crazy. Like, it should be the first thing that you say or if it's important to you, I guess. Like, it's just... Yeah, I think that we need to sell ourselves and, and, and if we can create a network of people that know what we do, then we can help each other get work and make, you know have this little community that's constantly looking out for each other and I just think that's pretty magical. Yes, yes, and I think there's a lot of women out there who are really desiring that collaboration and that community over the kind of outdated competitive ways yeah. of doing business yeah you can't be competitive like you have to support otherwise uh, yeah I don't think it works anymore I don't think going up against someone works it's better to go all right how do we do this together and at the end of the day what I notice about the women in fee is that they all have a collective goal of how they want to live their life and yeah like yeah. you said right from the beginning the freedom that uh, even as a young woman dreaming about having your own business, what that could bring to you now is, as a mother, yeah. we're all in this and, and in it for the same reason, so why can't we help each other yeah. to make it happen? Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. I'm so glad we ended on that Yay. conversation. <laughs> Again, we could talk for days, but I don't want to take more of Harry's time today. So thank you so much, Sarah, for uh, joining me for this podcast. Oh, it was lovely. You're juggling all the things. And, uh, it will really mean a lot to our Fee Collective community, to our Newcastle community, and anyone else who's listening from around the world. So yeah, thank so you nice. So much. You're so welcome.